0: morning folks so happy to be here with you on the second day of winter in the hill country and you know i could have worn shorts yesterday but it just there just was i don't know it was it's the first day of winter who in her right mind is going to put shorts on in the first day of winter and uh so i waited till the second day of winter and yeah when i left the house this morning i think it was 61 degrees so uh, welcome to the Hill Country, and any tourists that are in town, be nice to them. For crying out loud, be nice to the tourists. Um, I may not uh, have the opportunity to say that again today. I have a fully loaded show with you today, and I uh, am looking forward to uh, all kinds of special things I've put together If you got some of the old uh, German folks, uh, you know, in the house there hanging out, uh, going to have a little bit of a treat here in just a couple of minutes, and in this section for our German friends. So if you got any Germans, uh, the uh, Omar, the Opa, that are uh, uh, in the back there, and maybe not uh, paying attention to the radio, tell them we got a special treat for them coming up here in just actually a matter of minutes before we even go to the first commercial break, but before we get to that treat. Um, the um, there is. I want to go ahead and get something on your calendar. Bonnie uh, got in touch with me from Lano yesterday and said that uh, Lano County is going to have a pastor's round table. And this is on January 23rd. I do not have a January calendar in front of me, but I looked at yesterday. I think it's a Tuesday. It is a daytime event. It is for pastors and church leaders and that is on january 23rd and a couple of the names on it are already very impressive um but i'm going to give you all the details uh starting next week when we get back after the holidays but you can put that on your calendar i'm going to give you a go to a little bit of a ben franklin here he wrote a lot of things around christmas and and new years in his um almanac. And so I got one marked for today. And um, the this is one, this is interesting. You know, uh, grammar from uh, 18th century grammar, bringing it forward today. A lot of interesting things I've been learning over the years. And this one is a, um, a, a, a glamour issue. They're using the word glad, like you would say, be glad or I'm glad that I'm here at Christmas um and they're using it as a uh, well here's how they're using it. Now glad the poor, glad the poor. So they're using it as a verb. Glad the poor with Christmas cheer. Thank God you're able to end the year. So another one of those about charity at Christmas time from Ben Franklin. That's from 17 17- Fifty-four. Um, so we're going to take a short break, but here's our treat for our German friends out there. And uh, enjoy this. And uh, those of you who do not uh, speak German, um, maybe uh, someone can translate for you. So.
1: Jingle bells, jingle bells, klingt es nah und fern. nach. Mach mit mir eine Schlittenfahrt, die Winterzeit ist da. Bald ist der Schnee gefallen in einer kalten Nacht. Mit seinen Eiskristallen verzaubert uns die Pracht. Und draußen in dem Wald, da liegt ein Haus verschneit. Da schauen wir aus dem Fenster in die weiße Weihnachtszeit. Jingle Bell und fern Eine kleine Schlittenfahrt haben nicht nur Kinder gern Ja, Jingle bells, Jingle bells, klingt es fern und nah Mach mit mir eine Schlittenfahrt, die Winterzeit ist da Die Tannen voller Flocken Die Hügel voller Schnee Wir sausen mit dem Schlitten Da staunen Hirsch und Reh Die Nasen Gefroren Die Augen wach und hell Wir fahren um die Wette So ein Schlitten, der ist schnell Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells Klingt es nah und fern Eine kleine Schlittenfahrt Haben nicht nur Kinder gern Ja, Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells Klingt es fern und nah Mach mit mir in the Schlitten die Winterzeit ist da. Mach mit mir in the Schlitten Path, die Winterzeit ist da.
2: Merry Christmas from the Hill Country Patriot.
0: there you go good morning i have on the line with me my absolutely gorgeous drop dead beautiful love of my life gail long good morning honey good
3: morning matt good morning listeners
0: so um we have been telling christmas stories all week and um there is a christmas story you've been telling me for a number of years you're about to rat your brother out but uh, so we're we're gonna. But uh, d- does your brother listen to this show? I don't think he does. Does he?
3: I don't believe my brother listens to your show. So uh, we'll we'll have to send him a copy once once we get this uh, posted on there, your podcast.
0: There you go. There you go. So um, Gail said she had a couple of stories. Let's start with the story of your brother that takes place what almost sixty years ago. Um, not quite, but almost 60. So, Gail, the floor is yours.
3: Well, thank you. Um, as you have mentioned this week, um, my birthday was just a couple of days ago. My mom's birthday um, is the 18th. And as you said, I have an older brother. He's 10 years older than me, which means he lived life as an only child for many years before I came along. And and when I did come along, my mom made sure that we celebrated two very distinct occasions. Birthday and Christmas were separate. My family was a traditionalist. Um, We got out the catalogs early on before Christmas, the Sears catalogs, the Green Stamp catalogs, the Montgomery Wards catalogs. We made our wish list. We presented them. There was always presents under the tree, and we knew that on Christmas morning, there would be more presents that came during the night from Santa Claus. Um, My family, um, as I said, was a traditionalist. Once those presents got passed out on Christmas morning, it was mayhem. We tore into them, papers went flying, everybody was into what they got, and then after each present was opened, we might share and show what we had gotten, but one year... I remember I was probably about five, which means my brother was 14 or 15, and we hounded my mom and dad for weeks to let us open one present on Christmas Eve. Um, Jerry had his eye on a present. He'd be watching that box. It was heavy. It was thick. It was square. He knew it had to be a good present. I don't remember the package that I opened, but I sure do remember Gary's. It was notebook paper. When that paper went flying <laughs> and he tore open that package, the look on his face was dejection. He was so mad that that package that he knew was going to be great was college rule notebook paper. <laughs> yep. now, fast forward. 55 years, a memory seared. As you know, we just celebrated my mom's 99th birthday on Monday, and my brother was there. And we discussed your plans to share Christmas memories from people on your radio. And I brought up that memory, and my brother's face turned red the veins in his neck started poking out just like they did 55 years ago when he remembered that package of notebook paper. I'm not sure that we ever opened a package on Christmas
2: Eve
0: again. <laughs> I have to tell you. And, yeah, I was there Monday and uh, saw his reaction. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, he had not let go of that one yet, has he?
3: I did have one other story, quick story, that I'd like to share okay. with your listeners.
0: All right, go ahead. Um,
3: as, as we've spoken, I have a birthday this week. My mom has a birthday this week. What we didn't mention is our anniversary, December 15th. Mm-hmm. And then your birthday is January 12th. Mm-hmm. Uh, we celebrate in one month what most families take an entire year to do. Yep. And when you and I got married 23 years ago, the concept that my mom had raised me on, separate celebrations, lots of presents, was a little foreign to you. <laughs> and, we cannot, and we cannot lie. It caused some struggles yep. early on in our marriage. But I want your listeners to know a side of Matt Wrong that they might not know. Mm-mm. After a few years of us being married... I came down the stairs of our little duplex on December 1st to find a Christmas calendar counting down the days to the advent, the real present that we've been given for Christmas, the birth of our Savior. That Christmas advent is a wooden tree. It's about three feet by two and a half feet wide with doors to little cubbies to open daily, every day, has a number on it. So for almost 20 years, every day, I've come down to find and open a cubby filled with trinkets, jewels, candy, magnets, toys, and games. Every year, my friends ask me about the contents of the advent countdown calendar. It's been a tremendous amount of fun. And I wanted your listeners to know Matt long, the Christmas elf.
0: Oh, honey, you're so sweet. Thank you so very much. I appreciate it. And, um, anything else you want to say? Merry Christmas.
3: And may we never forget the true reason for this season. Jesus Christ, the baby that was born for the sole purpose to save us from our sins.
0: Mm-mm-mm. Gail, thank you so much for taking time this morning and <clears throat> away from your job to come help me on my job. And uh, we'll I'll be home in a bit, and I love you very much. And uh, thank you for being willing to share this story.
2: Love you, too.
0: Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye.
2: Well, we sing, go
0: Christmas. There you go. Um, <clears throat> last year, um, one of my um. Last year, one of my regular listeners, and I have to... Last year, we'll just start that all over. Last year, one of my regular listeners, and Rachel, who quite often will call me after the show, and I love those calls, and, and sometimes has a a scripture is something that wants to add with something and Rachel has been just uh, she's an awesome listener and I love visiting with her and last year she brought me a story um that had been recorded on cassette and um it was I, I'm having a hard time remembering I think I may have gotten that recording um a little bit later in the season and I'm not too sure but I'm pretty I think it was later in the season and uh, I don't think I played it last year. And there were some audio issues with it, but I was able to clean it up. Yes, with AI, artificial intelligence, was able to clean this up. And uh, so I am uh, going to hit the play button here on uh, Rachel's story. And this is a cassette her mother made. I hope I'm getting that right, Rachel. This is a recording that her mother made, and uh, you'll get the uh, point of it here real quick. But this is a real special one. I've been saving it all year. I had a, Chris, a folder on my computer said Christmas material, and it had Rachel Vickers uh, recording in it. And so um, thank you, Rachel, for sharing this.
4: Since you can't be here with us this Christmas, I'll be thinking about you as I read the Christmas story. But I thought I'd read it for you and put it on this tape. And if you want to, around about 9.30 or 10 o'clock on Christmas Eve, I'll be reading it here at the family house if I going to play it there. Jesus, Savior and Lord. In our hurly-burly time, things get all mixed up. Jesus and Santa Claus, faith and commercialism giving, receiving, devotion, fatigue, holiday spirit, and frantic shopping. It's hard to tell what Christmas is all about. Everyone knows about the birth of Jesus, but because the story is so familiar, we forget to really listen. We hear the familiar words, sing the familiar carols, and feel the familiar emotions, and tuck it neatly away and sometimes fail to realize the impact of it. Do we need to do things to jog our brains so that we don't just give lip service to the most significant event in human history? Luke's narrative is simply and beautifully told. It has a poetic quality that is often the language of devotion and reverence. But at the same time, Luke wrote carefully, precisely, to give every important detail. Luke placed Jesus' birth in a definite historical setting. This serves to remind us that it is not just a beautiful story. It has historical value. It had meaning then even as it does now This birth serves as a constant reminder that he is Emmanuel God with us In Jesus the eternal stepped upon the stage of time and changed the world He provided redemption for a lost humanity the virgin birth is the first of three pillars along with Jesus' death and resurrection, upon which rests the entire gospel. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city, But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Let's consider the story, noticing first the earthly conditions, then the great fact, and finally, the heavenly activity. The earthly conditions are described in the first five verses. The stupendous fact is declared in verses 6 and 7 and the heavenly activity in connection with that fact are recorded in verses 8 through 20. In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree. There was no appeal. This was a totally despotic government. All had to be enrolled. Caesar thought of himself not only as the supreme ruler of the empire, but as a god. Think of his importance, the control he had over all the world. Now, in that Roman empire, in a small, insignificant little town, this thing happened. There were two people. A man and a woman, only two individuals amid the multitudes in that whole region. Those two people had no more effect upon Caesar Augustus and the Roman Empire than any of us have on the President of the United States. As to their earthly condition, they were entirely insignificant, and yet they were touched by the Roman authority. The decree reached Nazareth. Joseph must go up. It was impossible to enroll by proxy or to send the certified letter. He must go to his family city and enroll. So he went up, and Mary traveled with him. Ten people among the many. Nobody knew about it except perhaps a few friends of Mary's and Joseph's. Look again. Two individuals marching under orders of Caesar Augustus. Look at the woman. Her womb is the tabernacle of the Son of God as she travels. Look at the man. The one passion in his life is to guard that woman. Things are oftentimes not what they seem. If we could only climb high enough, to look down on this world from heaven's vantage point. They were going up to Bethlehem because Caesar Augustus had, at this very time, issued his edict. That edict which rippled across the land, touching everyone. But in my Bible, there is this prophecy, written at least six hundred and fifty years before, and it says. But for you, Bethlehem, too little to be among the clans of Judah. From you, one will go forth for me to be ruler of Israel. His goings forth are from everlasting to everlasting. Therefore he will give them up until the time when she who travaileth in labor has born a child. And he will arise and shepherd his flock. In the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, Jehovah. Because at that time, he will be great to the ends of the earth, and this one will be our peace. When we read this prophecy written in the fifth chapter of Micah, 650 years before Jesus' birth, we begin to see that the really insignificant person in the drama is the puppet, Caesar Augustus. And the really significant personalities are the woman and the man guarding her. They went up because of an edict. We see that God really was in control. Caesar issued the edict unknown to himself so that prophecy could be fulfilled. Again, we see the earthly conditions. There was no room for them in the end. They had to make do the best they could. In this lonely place, her time was accomplished that she be delivered. Think of the pathos of this scene. She had no place, no help, no friends or family, Probably no water or food. She brought forth. Think of her fear, her loneliness. She tended the baby by herself. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and and laid him in a manger. Those two verses record the great central fact of history. A Savior was born. There... In that manger, God stuck down from heaven and in human form entered the stream of human history. The healing of nations was issuing forth. Nothing was seen on the surface of this human drama. But wait, there was heavenly activity. An angel of the Lord stood by the shepherds and the glory of the Lord's show ran about them. The angel didn't appear to caesar or to the temple he came to shepherds the symbolism is perfect he came to proclaim the birth to all mankind the angel declared the good news there is born to you all of you this day a savior who is christ the lord as savior He confronts all the sin of the world with regal authority based upon his redeeming power. As Christ, he confronts all the chaos of the world. And as Messiah, he realizes the kingdom of God who confronts all eternity. He is born this day, said the angel. Then suddenly with the angel there was a multitude of the heavenly host praising God. Can you imagine? Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men of his good pleasure. That is the meaning of the coming of this child. There is glory in heaven, the dwelling place of God. He is happy to do this. To make a gift of Himself to us. And what does this gift mean? On earth peace. This peace is non-humanly possible. There is no peace on earth without Christ. There is no peace except among those in whom God is well pleased. And how do we please God? By accepting this good and perfect gift. Look again. Unto you is born this day a Savior. The world did not need or want an advisor. The world did not need a speculator. The world did not need a reformer. The world wanted and needed a Savior. Savior is a complex word. It has in it all human nature and divine nature. It has all past history and all the possibility of prophecy. It has tenderness and love, the majesty of heaven and the humbleness of earth, and this Savior is Jesus, born to us as God's greatest gift. God in the highest realms with authority and power over heaven and the exalted God of the whole universe is active here and now on earth. And the result of his presence and the work is felt by people, he brings this peace which passeth all understanding. This peace is not just the absence of conflict but suggests a wholeness. It involves so much good mental health, a good life in spite of adversity, good relationships with one's fellows, and most important, and the cornerstone of it all, it means our intimate relationship, one-on-one with God. This peace on earth that the angels proclaim is the word that best expresses the idea of salvation. We are not only saved from death and destruction, we are saved for eternal life and companionship with God. This peace is the result of God's wonderful grace and his constant presence with his people Through his wonderful son, Jesus, because of God's gift, there is peace on earth. Well, Merry, Merry Christmas, dear ones. We wish you could be here with us. We miss you. We're having a wonderful time, and I know you will be too. God bless you. We love you.
0: Man, I'm telling you what a beautiful message um to be passed on. And I don't know if the 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 woman whose voice we're hearing is still with us, but if she's not, the her voice is, her spirit is. Do you have a tradition in your family like this? Is there an older member of your family who says, "All right, it is Christmas. Before we get to the gifts, we got to read this, we got to do this, we got to do that." If you do have someone like that in your family, get a recording of it. You know, 20 years ago, you had to get the cassette recorder out, hit play and record at the same time, and make sure they were talking right into You don't have to do that anymore, do you? It is so easy. Get your phone out, record one of these, get the video, get the audio. Make sure you can play it for years to come down, uh, for years to come. And if you don't have anybody in your family like that, well, good Lord, it's a good time to start a tradition in your family. And whether it be scripture or it be a a reading of the night before Christmas, whatever it is, start it, get it going. In fact, if you're, if you want your kids to remember it, then, you know, do something like, oh, nope, we're not opening any gifts until I tell this uh, 10-minute story. Or do say, you know, no dinner until dad reads the night before Christmas, because they'll remember that. Because they'll be years from now, they'll say, well, we couldn't have dinner till til we heard that silly story. And then a few years after that, they will be so grateful for the interruption of their plans and the interruption of their of their dinner or their party or whatever it was, because you just wanted to read a little story and they're going to remember this story they're going to remember your voice and uh, start something like that this year. I think it's a brilliant idea.
2: The star We sell and install over 30,000 windows annually
0: right here in South Texas. Martin bomba here for Window World. Our value has earned us the distinction of being the number one home improvement company in the USA. Our quality and integrity has earned us over 500
2: five-star Google reviews. The good housekeeping seal of approval. The honor of being a 2021 Next Door Favorite and BBB Torch Award finalist. Call 830-521-6665 or visit WindowWorldTX.com. Window World,
0: improving homes, changing lives.
4: America Reclaimed wants to remind you about their home store in comfort. That's where you'll find 2,500 square feet of showroom space with high-end vintage leather, unique lighting, and accessories perfect for every home. Come see for yourself. Just stop into America Reclaimed at 810 Avenue A in Comfort. And don't forget about the 6,500 square feet of reclaimed lumber, tin, hand-hewn beams, unique antiques from across the globe, and architectural salvage you won't want to miss. For more information, visit their Facebook or Instagram page the Fredericksburg ISD Education Foundation's big annual fundraiser is back. Since 2018, they've given over $600,000 in grants to assist Fredericksburg educators. Their goal this year is $250,000. To make a tax-deductible donation, visit FISDkids.org.
2: Merry Christmas from the Hill Country Patriot.
1: Be home for
2: Christmas. Here Many of you already know this news, but, <clears throat> uh, I the
0: tree. there you go. A little bit of Elvis. I'll bet you've already heard that this season, but I just couldn't help myself. Got to play a little Elvis, don't you? God, man, Elvis had some good Christmas music. Well, we have um, I've been reading the Advent. You've heard the full Advent today. And, and uh, I have been reading that over the air from my good friend uh, Mike Sublet's book. I have one order for that book. I've even They've already even given me some money. I have one order for that book. I'd sure love to send Mike an email uh, tomorrow or the next day and say, and Mike, we need five copies of your book sent to the hill country. And uh, he said he would personalize them. And um, that he would autograph them and personalize them and send them right to you. So all you got to do is get in touch with me. You can, uh, matt at com is a good way to do it, Matt at Ranch Radio Group. I also am the first person to check all the Fredericksburg Tea Party emails. So that's an easy one to find. You can contact me through the Fredericksburg emails. So, All right, so we have, since this is our last day before Christmas, and I will not be here until Tuesday, I will be back in the studio on Tuesday, on Boxing Day, and um, so today what we're going to do is day 22, 23, 24, and day 25 of the Advent. So here we go, we're going to start with the manger. These days, when animals are fed, it is usually in long troughs uh, that feed lots of cows, horses, pigs, and the like. But in Jesus' day, most people didn't have very many animals, and so individual feeders were commonplace. Um, they were especially the rule at inns, the way each guest could bring feed for his animals and be confident that none of the animals, other animals would get it. Those individual feeders were called mangers. When it came time for Mary to give birth, there were no sanitary beds, no baby beds, no cribs, no pack and plays and even if they had such a thing, nothing like that could be carried on the back of a little donkey. So when Mary and Joseph arrived in Bethlehem, there was no place for Jesus to lay his head. As his parents scoped out the stable, their eyes certainly focused on one of the animal feeders, probably the cleanest one. Then with a little hay for a mattress, Jesus' first bed was ready. When you read this part of the story, do you ever feel a little guilty for how blessed we are today? Do you ever feel ashamed for griping when you reread the Advent story and remember how things were for Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus? Maybe a little time of confession and thanksgiving would be good. Day 23 is called Joseph. When most men first hear that their wife is pregnant and that they're going to be a father, part of them is ecstatic while the other part is terrified. As the time for the delivery approaches, that doesn't really change much. Then When that first moment comes and they get to hold their child for the very first time and it finally registers just how much that child is going to depend on him for everything, the terror part multiplies in size. Can you imagine what it would be like to add that to the situation? The fact that you were about to become the earthly father to God's one and only son I know that I can't even imagine what must have raced through Joseph's mind or how fast his heart was beating. So basically, Joseph had to ask Mary to take a 140-mile donkey ride in her ninth month, after which he couldn't even give his wife a decent room to stay in but only could manage an animal stable for the delivery's night lodging with only a manger for his newborn son's first bed And yet Joseph did it all and handled it all and overcame it all. How about you? How are you handling what God has laid out for your life? How do you respond to road bumps? Do difficulties prevent your progress? Maybe it would be good if a little of Joseph rubbed off on you. Here's the prayer Mike wrote to go along with day 23. Wondrous God, Father in heaven. I once again find myself unable to really thank you properly for how wonderful you have made my life. I read Joseph's part of the Advent story and find myself both ashamed and jealous. I want to be more like him. I want to fully, I want him to fully live inside me. Could you let a little of Joseph rub off on me, Lord? Amen. Here we go to day 24. This is Mary. Of all humans who ever lived, excluding Jesus, she was probably the top of the heap. Mary was the perfect one to bring the Messiah into the world. Chosen by God himself, she was the most blessed of all. However, those nine months must not have felt very blessed at times. The whispers and idle tongues sometimes filled the days with agony. Then when the announcement of the census came, the thought of that 140-mile trip on a donkey must have seemed totally unfair. Next came the actual trip during the ninth month, ending with no room in the inn and the only bed, a pile of hay with the animals. Don't you know that she surely didn't feel very special? She must have wondered where the pampering was that most wives received from their husbands and friends and families. And all of this she did to fulfill her role in the Advent story. What are you willing to do to fulfill your role in God's plan for your life? What obstacles are you willing to overcome? What hardships are you willing to endure? If your endurance wavers, just reread Mary's part of the Advent story and think about things from her vantage point. And here's a prayer that goes along with that. Loving Father, I know that I will never measure up to Mary, but could you help me be a little more like her? Could you help me be more content and accepting for whatever you have for me? Could you help me toughen up and not be such a grumbler in life's difficult times? Help me be more like Mary, more accepting, more obedient, and more thankful. And now we get to baby Jesus, day 25. No other picture is more out of place than that of baby Jesus in a pile of hay in a manger. The Logos, the Word, who is to dwell among humanity, the very creator of everything, confined to a tiny human body and sleeping in a bunch of straw. Nothing appears more upside down than this scene. So what is the point? The point is that he chose to come, to give up his complete equality with Father God so that you could have a Savior. That is what Christmas Day is really about. No present under any tree compares to this unwrapped gift. And most importantly, guess whose name is written on that package? Your name is right there. That's right, your name. What does that mean? The gift is yours. So have you opened it? If not, what are you waiting for? Get with the program and get that gift open. Yeah, get that gift open. As I was pushing some buttons here, the gift is yours. And it won't ever bless you until you open it and put him on. If you have opened it, when and where did you open the package? Do you still put him on every day when you get up? Do you put Christ on to face and overcome each day? That's what he wants you know. That's why he came, why he entered this world in that smelly, dirty old stable. So make sure that on this Christmas day you either, one, open your present and put him on for the very first time, or two, go find your unworn gift in the closet and put him bank on or three thank Jesus for being your gift and for letting you wear him every day what number best fits you folks Merry Christmas and I'll be back here Tuesday and y'all stay tuned for Lorraine we sing away in a manger
2: no crib for a bed. the little old Jesus lay down his sweet head the star-